Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Broker, the podcast focused on operational excellence and insurance agencies. We do that by trying to drive employee engagement, help get technology adopted and implemented, um, and overall, just work on the operation side. And so we appreciate you listening today and we appreciate Indio. Indio is a company that helps take uh, digital forms or forms and digitize them easily and then allows your clients and prospects to put that in place and make it easier for them to collect data from your clients. So uh, it's the whole customer experience package. If you don't know Indio, check them out, www.use. INDIO.com. They're awesome. They'll make you awesome. So today I'm stoked. I've got a buddy of mine, Mark Alberto, from uh, that's that's been leading a insurance agency, a large insurance agency for a long time. And he's recently stepped out from that role and kind of walked into the, the consulting realm dealing a lot with different insurtech stuff. And I just thought it would be cool to have Mark on and discuss some of the challenges that we face in that role and try to help our listeners understand kind of where IT is today in an agency and where it's headed. So welcome, Mark. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Can you kind of walk me through um, your core roles and responsibilities over the last uh, five, 10 years? Sure, Ryan. Um, yeah, the CIO position, you know, there's, there's a lot on the plate. And the, the plate gets fuller and fuller every day. I guess right up there, Ryan, is um, you know just business alignment with IT strategy, right? So, got to make sure IT is rowing in the direction that the agency wants to go. And then that from there, just everything opens up from there, right? So you've got um, starting from the bottom, right? Bottom up, so you got core operations, right? So if you have a branch offices, you've got your headquarters, enterprise architecture. That has to be humming along. It's kind of like keeping the power, the lights, the lights on, um, but that has to be solid, right? And when you, you talk about business alignment, you know, what, just just draw that out for me a little bit more, you know, because as, as IT people, right? I mean, that's not something that we're like innately. I mean, that's like it's different for us. I mean, you know, trying to get our minds over there. But as you see business alignment with IT, just what is that? What does that mean? Define that. So. Business alignment is right. So yeah, so that's a buzzword. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But right. at, at the end of the day, it's you know, is IT enabling the business, right? And um, a lot of us grew up with um, you know, not a lot of understanding of uh, what IT does, what it's what it's about, and um, consequently, we've kind of led that innovation, so to speak, in our agencies. I think we're at a point now where, and, and with that, you still had to align yourself with what the sales goals were, what the operational efficiency goals were, make sure you're in touch with your stakeholders. But now, you know, it's really all about business leading where they want to go and IT enabling that. So that requires a good bit of work to um, meet and communicate with all your stakeholders up and down the agency, right? Not something typically I think um, we've done uh, historically at our agencies. So that's, to me, that that's a new focus that um, is driving a lot of um, 
revenue and, and efficiencies and um, in alignment with where the business wants to go. It's trying to, right? I mean, it's, it's like uh, teaching an old dog new tricks because I agree with you. I think that, you know, if you look seven years ago, eight years ago where IT was, we were much more likely to be looked at as a plumber brought in to keep the pipes running. And today, I mean, and so we still got to do that, right? We yeah. still got to keep the pipes running. Um, and we have the, the pressure of security on top of that, which I, I think is just tremendous. And then we also have, the, have to have the capabilities to drive forward the business mission, right? To, to make it better for clients, better for employees, more operationally efficient, like you said, I mean, driving profitability. And, there is, and so it's, it's odd because it's not like our staff has like gone tenfold, right? I mean, our, our responsibilities have increased, but our staffing has not. Correct. So, and, and that's kind of, the, I think a lot of agencies, some are probably farther along than others, but this whole uh, modernization of our, you know, once on-prem infrastructure, now swinging over to the cloud. Right. So starts with email, going to Office 365, you know, Epic in the cloud or your Sajita Vertifor in the cloud. And that takes some time to do that. But what that does, Ryan, um, will free up some capacity for other IT folks. Right. So maybe not, we're not so much concerned with disaster recovery. Right. And all that. So and backups. But it's weird because you pick up, I mean, the problem with cloud, and, and, I, and I agree, I think the cloud's a good strategy to have. But I think in some CEO's heads and some CFO's heads, it's like, oh, yeah, we're in the cloud now. We, we mean, IT should be, like, bored. And, <laughs> and really, like, the cloud takes more complexity from an integration standpoint than the stuff that we had on-prem did. And so why you do offload like the DR part, which is a gigantic cost and such a pain in the butt. If you've never been in IT, DR means disaster recovery. So if you think about it from a hurricane coming in or a full fire perspective in your server room, how long does it take you to get your servers back up or ransomware hits? You know, how long does it take you to get your stuff back up and the users are using it again? And it is just something that as an IT professional, especially running any type of IT shop, it is front of mind. It's just, it, it's something you, you don't want to get caught with not being as prepared as you can be for that situation. And, and so it's, it, it is, that is definitely one thing the cloud mitigate it really reduces because of your ability to have like geo redundancy and all that jazz. But I think a lot of cases, the cloud, you know, you look at how difficult it can be to set up um, the different connections that you need to cloud and migrating all your stuff over. That's, that's a heavy lift, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, and I agree with you hundred percent. There's kind of a fallacy that the cloud's faster, better, cheaper. Wow. It is in some respects, it till, still takes IT, you know, technical knowledge to administer it. In some cases, um, you know, integrate it, integrate data. So there's still a fair amount of IT work to do, and um, but it does get you away from the lower level work. But I think, Ryan, what, what we're talking about here is kind of one of the biggest challenges of folks in, in that role is capacity, right? So as you said, our um, expectations and things we need to get done are rising exponentially. Staff is staying constant for the most part. And then there not only is there more to do with the same amount of people, you've got more choices 
right? There's not just one system anymore. It's, you know, it, we're not looking at just investing in a single application. There's so many choices. Even if you just look at protecting your endpoints with virus scanning software, hundreds and hundreds of solutions, right? So you can't possibly like in the old days vet those. So, um, you know, so, so now we've, we're in a situation where, you know, there's more to do, there's more options. Time is constant, right? We don't get more time. We're not increasing uh, manpower. So it leads to a capacity issue. And, and, and I think that's where um, most businesses are struggling with. No, I, I agree, man. I think and one of our biggest problems is, you know, if you have a small team for a medium-sized shop and you're supposed to be the person that's innovating and keeping track of all of the products that are being released all of the time, I mean, hell, if, if you've ever, if you know Power BI at all or any kind of tool from Microsoft, ever the release notes come out like every month, you know, and you've got it. So then as the IT professional, you're supposed to distill that down, figure out what's actionable for your organization, help the organization leverage that in a way that's beneficial to them. And I mean, and it's an impossible task because so much comes out. Like for me, when, when new, pro, like you said about the antivirus, there's a thousand ones and each one has its own good and bad point. So whatever I choose, I'm screwed if it goes south because somebody's gonna be like, well, why did you pick that? <laughs> so, so, so my, yeah. So my choices a lot of times were to follow that guy. Cause if I, if that guy was doing it and I got called on the carpet for it, I could say, well, the logic that I used to make the choice in this decision were three, like for the Assurex agencies, when I was in Assurex, when I was in an agency that was an Assurex partner, if three or four Assurex partners did something, I could feel confident that I wouldn't get fired if I did the same thing and it went south on me. Because I could just be like, all right, I've, the logic that I use in my decision-making was this. And that velocity of information, like you look at all the products that are coming out and just like InsureTech Connect, I mean, you got 7,000 people that are going to be there. That's a crazy amount of people trying to pitch product to our little industry. I mean, it's a big industry, but... Agent, agents are small for the most part, and they just, they have not staffed that correctly. I think that that is, that's a, when an agency says to me like, hey, we want to be progressive technologically, I'm like, well, what's your average employee to IT person? Oh, 150. All right, so you got 150 employees per IT person. You ain't doing nothing but putting out fires. Yeah. Is that right? In, yeah. in your opinion? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, um, working for a large broker um, while our agency management system did a lot of good things for us there were still holes it didn't do for one for us was uh, docket management our products are contracts basically insurance contracts and to have a really robust content management system enterprise content management system we had to go uh, kind of outside the insurance space and look at uh, a system that could you know do Google type searching. We could do full text indexing, um, have portals. So now, now we got, now we're in a situation where that's kind of a silo. Your AMS system's a silo. You know, you need to build a bridge and, um, and then, you know, and then you look at what InsureTech's InsureTech's trying to do. And there's some, it's kind of like the same model the, the InsureTech firms that play in the PNC space kind of hit on a little niche of the process. Right. Might help you in the renewal process. Might help you in this process. 
So but it's a hyper-focused kind of thing that's isolated, that it's its own product that I got to have my users log into. We got to change the workflow. And like you said, you hope that maybe it connects to everything else, but you still got to facilitate that. Correct. Facilitate it. As you said, connect it, data exchange, train people. So you really have to be smart with aligning with you know, all the choices in insure tech, right? So um, that's, a, that's a big challenge that's facing folks right now. Well, I think you said a key thing to training people because if there's one thing that our agencies are not great at, it's training people on stuff that is outside of insurance knowledge. It's almost like we have an adversity to it. And I, I think that we're seeing a small shift in more progressive agencies, but man, training, like it is, it is so critical. And we just, we do not do it very well. We do not do it consistently. I mean, has that been your experience? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we're, like you said, really good at the insurance training, using your AMS system you know, for certificates, policy management, but to use other technology, just, just Outlook, right. using your phone system, conferencing tools. That, I mean, it's basically a full-time job for someone to make sure you've got, try to bring everyone up to the same level of understanding and, and using and trying, you know, leverage the system for what they are. Um, and then they change, right? Right. Like you said, release notes are coming out like 365. They're coming out monthly with new updates. Right. And it's, and it's good stuff. So training, I agree hundred percent. Training is an area that, uh, you know, non-technical insurance training. So we're talking like technology training and ha yeah. how to. Um, yeah. And I think there's a direct correlation to how much manpower you need in IT comparative to how much training I do on in, in those areas, because if they don't do training, it's a help desk ticket, right? Yeah. And then the help desk person's doing research, trying to learn on the fly. <laughs> right. 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 Try to figure out how do I make this person use this product that I don't use every day but I need to make them understand it. And, you know, the, the user interaction with IT people and employees is always a little bit challenging because the knowledge is so different and it's, there's a defensiveness that occurs on both sides of that sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's a circular relationship with, you know, our end users, producers, account managers, you know, needing help in the moment, your help desk person is, uh, you know, helping them best they can. They find a solution. Now it's okay. Well, how do we get that solution out to everyone else? Right? So, and the problem is most, most organizations are so busy just in that little model. It's hard to think through or create mechanisms to get the right information that you just learned and help somebody with out to everyone else. So you know, there's some things, you know, with, and I'll just use Microsoft as, as an example. Um, you've got Microsoft Streams now, right? So you can have like your own YouTube channel inside <laughs> your organization, right? So you can do video um, how-tos and, you know, and link that to your to your website or your, or your um, help desk system. But still, someone has to create that content, right? Someone has to select what the content is, create it, and then promote it. And it's, it's, it, in my mind that you know, when if you're successful at that now you're you're really leveraging people's smartness and and their ability to get things done and they're not really even calling it at that point 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, and I think that it's, it's, it is, uh, it's depressing sometimes, you know? And so I, I, I've, I've seen some interesting ways to help with that training, but it is a, uh, that, that's something that I try to hammer on. Like you get exponential payoff from, from investing in training from an efficiency standpoint, from an IT reallocation standpoint, because if we're training the users how to use Excel, we're not doing innovation, right? We're not doing business unit alignment. We're not, we're not moving it forward. Because I, I, like, when we think about business alignment, I think about either customer-facing application that's helping make the, the transaction of our business more effective. Or I think about something that I've put in place or we've put in place for the employees to make their lives easier to get rid of stuff. But there's nothing more frustrating than having a good solution that's not leveraged effectively. And because it's not leveraged effectively, the employees get turned off to it, right? And they, they get frustrated with it. And you're like, oh my God, it's, oh, it's so, you just can take a beating in that role, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's tough. Yeah, it's difficult because they're busy people too, right? Yeah, hell to, yeah. yeah. You want to show them something new and they're like, well, hold on. Can I, can I look at this new thing tomorrow? And then tomorrow comes, it's like, well, hold on, I'm kind of busy. I don't really want to, you know, and that's that whole adoption push you're talking about in, in, in trying to lead change in your organization. It's a whole other, you know, pretty heavy hat that the CIO has to wear. But it's not fair, right? I mean, I, I think that that is a role. See, that's, the, that's one of the core issues is that is not a CIO role. Like we are there to enable the change that the organization is pushing down from leadership and getting motivation from the grassroots and, and bringing that up. That's why stuff gets screwed up because they're like, yeah, we're bringing the software in it, you handle it. And you're like, wait a second now. And you want this implemented in three months and nobody knows anything about it. I mean, now we've got the nerds have got to go out to the floor and convince people like this is a good idea and it's just, it's the wrong way to approach it, you know? Yeah. And so um, I've always tried to push back on that. Like, no, man, I, you know, you guys go get the hoorah, rah jazzed up about the product and we can put it in place. You don't want me to, to, to try to convince the users to use this, you know? Right. Well, uh, but I, I do, I think it falls to us all the time. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that gets us back to, to business alignment, right? So the way to really handle that and it's difficult, right? Because you're busy, but is to really challenge the business, senior leadership. You know, what is it, you know, what are we accomplishing? What, what would you say are the measures of success? How are we going to measure it? And who on the business side is kind of in bed with me to get this done, right? So they have as much skin in the game for success, success as I do. And that, that I think is an evolving thing within, within our agencies. And um, it's trying to get, busy folks on the business side to own an area, own a, own a software product. Right. Department. When I look at the things that worked well um, from, a, you know, from implement, you know, from implementation, uh, training and adoption, there were the, those projects that had uh, a strong commitment on the business side. So I, I think that's a key thing. That's a key takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so for the agencies that are listening, I'd be curious, you know, who's driving, you know, is it the IT person and the IT team out there that's, that's driving these changes or is it your managers and your operations team? And again, I think the problem is we try to do too damn much in too short a time 
to have actual value netted out. I mean, we get like 20% out of the software solutions that we put in place, I feel like. And then the CEOs get frustrated, but it's because they stack projects. We want to do these 12 things in the next year. And your employees get to a place where they're like, we ain't doing nothing else, right? We, we can't take any more change. We're, we're done with this, you know, like, because they don't have time to let that soak in and, and really get the benefit from that change. You're throwing something else at them. And so, yeah, those are two core components that I think are, are problematic. Yeah. What's, what's okay. the biggest stressor in, as, a, as the top level individual in an organization for, for you, what was the biggest thing that, that would stress you out um, that you carried weight with you uh, most of the time? Or right. I, that impacted you the most? I think that the biggest stressful thing, and it may be underlying, but is mitigating risk, right? So security and compliance. That, you know, the, the fear of ransomware or some kind of uh, penetration where, you know, data is stolen. That, you know, that's always in the back of your head, right? E even if, it was caused by an employee who lost a laptop, but you know, there'd be certain protocols in place that would, you know, if the, if the laptop is uh, encrypted and whatnot, but even, I guess what I'm saying, even if it wasn't really your fault, someone clicked on something or whatever, it's like that, that's super stressful. The second thing, and there may be equally so is just trying to get it all done. Right. And doing it in a way that you're, you know, keeping leadership um, in the loop on any kind of potential problems, right? Because no one wants to hear about a problem, but we all know when we implement technology, there's just certain bumps in the road that come up. So I think keeping everyone um, on the same page with that uh, would, be a, would be the second stressor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, it just... And it, and it can be such a frustrating thing because, I mean, IT really wants to do the stuff, you know, there's nothing worse than like having the budget, having the, the financial budget to get a product that solves the problem, but not having the operational maturity to have the focus to bring, to, to really solve the user's issues. I mean, for me, there's nothing better in my day than if I could, if I could take something that an employee hated to do and make it better for them that was the win. Like that, that's that rush. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And anytime, like when you look, you know, moving forward, you know, on, on um, the high notes, you know, anytime you can make that happen for someone, Ryan, and anytime you could implement, particularly maybe in the analytics space with data where you're really saving someone, something that took hours now takes seconds. Now you're really contributing. Right. And that feels good. Um, so anywhere where you're improving the user experience and uh, ultimately improving the customer experience, to me, that's where you feel like that, that you've gotten a win. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, man, we're getting close to the end of our time. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on there. If folks want to get a hold of you, Mark, if they want to talk to you about insurance and get all up in it, where would they, where would they get a hold of you? What's the sure. best way? Uh, best way, uh, my email, mark.r, as in Richard, dot Alberto at gmail.com and and you've been helping insurance agencies for the past 25 years you've been pushing this stuff forward you know and i just i appreciate you spending some time with me today i totally think that you know 
it, it is a hard role to be in. It's a hard role to be alone in. That's one of the things that I always struggled with is like, you know, we have all these people that look at us as we're like, we have all the answers. And especially today with the changing environment and the velocity of information, you know, we, we have so few answers because we have so many different things to do. And it's that partnership and knowing, knowing different CIOs that are out there and technical people that you can lean on that can make that huge difference, you know, but it is a, so it's, it's always been good knowing you, man. And I just appreciate it. So awesome. Brian, thank you. Hey, listeners, if you need to get all the mark, you heard how to do it. I appreciate you guys listening. If you don't know Indio, check them out, www.useindio.com. They're awesome. We'd love to see you on LinkedIn. Our LinkedIn group is the Digital Broker Podcast Group. So until next time, this is Ryan Deeds with the Digital Broker. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and E&O free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.